as I was sitting in that cubicle that I wanted to help the Black community. Because growing up, in the, there's just so much that we're holding on to that we just say, oh, I'm just going to smoke weed or I'm just going to pray it away or go to church. And we don't really talk about our issues and show that vulnerability. And I was just tired of seeing my family and friends and colleagues like carry so much. Hey, this is Junius and welcome to Mind Bodega, a place to feed your mind. On this podcast, I'll be bringing you stories from people on the other side of their personal journey within who came out healed, happy and whole. We have everything you need, and I hope you find what you're looking for. Relax and enjoy. What is the heart of a great bodega? El que está detrás del counter. The person behind the counter. Definitivamente, sí. Welcome to another episode of Mind Bodega. We have a great show for you. I have a hypnotherapist on the show today, a young lady by the name of Ashley B. We have a dope conversation about the ins and outs of hypnosis which is a good way for people to protect their peace and overcome any issues they may be facing with. Um, she's going to give us some ins and out to that. And being that I said ins and out, I want to let you guys know beforehand, it is not like get out. But before we have that conversation, I do want to talk to you all about how do you protect your peace? Because when I started this podcast, my peace was very important to me. It was vital. I protect my peace. I choose violence when it comes to protecting my peace. Not in a way of like um, Uncle Phil throwing out DJ Jazzy Jeff, but in a way of like Cersei. And I say that to say that when I do choose violence, it ends up being to my own self-destruction. I react to petty disruptions of my peace rather than thinking through them, rather than thinking before I just react like a freaking animal. The yogi Saad Guru explains that humans are the only creatures that could think before they react. I think that's just fascinating to be one of the only creatures that could think. Like if you go in too close to certain animals, their instincts kick in and they attack, they react violently. And I think a lot of our reactions are our animalistic instincts. But being humans, we can respond rather than react. Think about all the fuck ups you have, all the times you messed up. It was probably because you just flew off the handle. You didn't think about how you were gonna react. You just reacted. Moved into a new studio, and in this studio, you can sort of hear New York City in the background. So, New York City is going to be my co host. <laughs> As if you heard the horn. If you didn't hear the horn, then New York City is quiet. And he, he just on cue, he, uh, he rings again. Look, so now if you react and you're one of the people who react, I'm sure you heard that like excuses like, I couldn't help it, or I just snapped, or I blacked out. Remember my cousin, God bless the dead, he would always say, I snapped, I blacked out. You know, I'm Jersey, I can't help it. He would always say that. He would always say that. I'm from Jersey. But he never took the time to master his mind, to master himself. And I think that's what meditation has done for me. It allowed me to master how I react two situations. And again, master is totally the wrong word because I have not mastered it yet. I still react 
but I am a lot better at no-selling things. I'm a huge wrestling fan, and Goldberg, when he started, he would no-sell wrestling moves. No-selling is when you get hit with something and you act like it doesn't phase you. Um, that's what no-selling is if you don't watch wrestling. So I am, and that's what meditation allows me to do. It allows me a, enough control over myself not to react to things that are intended to piss me off, to get me mad, to embarrass, to point out. Like, the loud noises are quieter, if that makes sense. So how do you protect your peace? My pastor, Mike Waldron, he had a sermon called Protects Your Peace, where he told people to rejoice always, not to worry about the small things. He said, don't worry and know that there is an energy out there that is always with you. Brittany, who was on my show previously, called that energy God. That's amazing. Some people call it the universe. Other people call it Jeremy Baramy. Some people call it God. Some people call it Allah. People call it all different types of things. But that energy is there to help you, to assist you, to comfort you, to direct you, to do a lot of different things in one. I believe that everything that happens to you is for your benefit. I firmly believe that. Good and bad are not both good things and bad things all from the most high. So why do you complain? You lose your job. You break up with a lover. You start beefing with your best friend. It is all for your benefit. Think about that loss as you're being pruned into being a better person. I think we should focus on the work. Like the outcome should never be the thing we strive for, right? Because the metaphorical fruit doesn't come from the outcome. It comes from doing the work. If you want to make fruit, you got to cultivate the soil. You got to plant the seed. You got to cover the seed. You got to water it. Make sure it gets sun. You do all that. You tend to that. You do those steps and then the fruit will come. I produce a bunch of podcasts and some of the podcasts are growing more than other podcasts, but they're all growing and we're doing things to cultivate the different podcasts but we're focusing on the work. When we focus on the work, it's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. I remember when I attended the premiere of uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, I was um, I was drinking back then. I don't drink anymore. Two years sober, actually. Almost to the day. Congratulations to me. I was drinking and I was talking. I was with... Um, uh, Minnie's Haberdashery is a, uh, I was with her. She was played by a young actress named Dana Guerrero. And we were talking, we were conversing all night. We were just talking. And then we snuck ourselves into a conversation with Tarantino and Walton Goggins and Walton Goggins and the Hateful Eight. Um, Walton Goggins and Jingle and Chain, he's, he plays this racist character, plays another racist in, um, the Hateful Eight and 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 the Magnificent Seven, and um, not the Magnificent Seven, the Hateful Eight, and we were talking and we were talking about his use of the N word and how it was believable and we was joking and we were laughing and it was fun and it was lighthearted, and um, you know it was a very it was very believable. Well, we were, had alcohol in us, so we just let it slide. We were chatting all night. 
Shout out to Dana because she got me in circles that I probably wouldn't have been allowed in and she was too scared to go into. But she was in the movie, so I gave her courage and she gave me courage and we gave each other's courage. I don't even know if she will remember this story. But fast forward, I was on a plane one day. I was doing photography. And uh, Walton's in first class. I'm like right behind first class. So when we get off the plane, we're fairly close to one another. And he goes, no, man, not right now, not right now, not right now. I'm not, I'm not in a mood for this shit. I just smiled and laughed because I was like, I wasn't going to take his picture without asking him. I'm not that person. I like, okay. So I have my camera in my hand because it's always a man. I'm a street photographer. And when I go to, to Doom Towns, I, I keep my camera in my hand in case something happens. He goes, look, man, I said no pictures. I'm saying, dude, I'm not taking a picture of, it, of, of you. I'm actually here to interview you. I'll see you tomorrow comes over to me eventually. We ended up being in the same Uber pickup line. I guess we we're taking an Uber or whatever. And he goes, look, man, I'm sorry. If you want to get a picture, I'll, I'll give you the picture. I was like, thanks. I want to take a picture of you, not with you, of, of like just a portrait of you. Snap the picture and go about my day. See him the next day. And I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think Walton Goggins is one of the best actors in the game. And I asked him, do you get enough recognition? And he goes, I was lucky enough to talk. He said he did some movie with Robert Duvall and he thought he was going to get this, thought he was going to get the words, he was going to get all this stuff. And then someone pulled him to the side and said, look, man, that's not what your heroes do this for. They just do the work. And he goes, I'm lucky that someone told me that when I was 28 and not 38, I'm 40 now. So yes, I'm fine. I like what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. People recognize it, they recognize it, but I'm just doing the work and I'm lucky in that way. So focus on the journey. Focus on protecting your peace. It will be difficult because someone is always going to be there to try to disrupt your peace, especially when your peace is at is high, when it's up there, when you have peace. Someone's going to come along and try to disrupt your peace. So here's some things that I do to, to get my peace. Because I worked very hard for my peace and I want to keep my peace. I want to maintain my peace. I worked fucking hard for my peace. I will choose violence over my peace. So what do you do to get rid to protect your peace? One, get rid of toxicity from your life. That's the first thing you do. The kind that undermines who you are, the kind that manifests itself in other people, the kind uh, you have to allow yourself to get rid of the toxic people from your life. And the most important thing to get rid of toxic toxicity is for you to stop being toxic. There's moments in my life where my friends and I will converse and one of my friends is toxic and they go, hey man, that's not what we're on anymore. That's not what I'm on anymore. It's okay not to be toxic. It's okay to hold your friends accountable for the things they say. But also on top of removing, removing toxicity from your life, you have to cleanse your space. Because when you get rid of toxic, toxic people, there's still a residue left behind. It lingers in your space. You need to let your, allow your affirmations to cleanse your space too. Affirm things. Speak positive words over your life. I'm very, I'm an advocate of speaking positive words over my son, positive words over the people I love, positive words over the people I work with. I work with some great people. I speak positivity over them all the time when I can, when it's warranted. Remember that God knows your name. You are a part of a universal trust that there is a power in that even in suffering. What great revolutionary power is in suffering if even God partakes in it? Rejoice always. 
The next thing you want to do is you want to cultivate love. You work hard to get where you are emotionally. You work hard to get to a place where you're doing what you're doing today. Celebrate that, my friends. Celebrate that. Serve others. Celebrate others. Celebrate yourself because you worked hard to get to this level of understanding. Plus, it's easier to live, it's easier, much easier to live in love than it is to live bitter and angry. It's so much easier. You don't even hold the type of stress that you have when you love. And you just love always. Love everybody. Love everything that happens. And then I think you, if you do that, you'll have just a little bit more peace. A little bit more peace. And if all that's not working for you, you can talk to a, hypno, a hypnosis, a hypnotherapist like Ashley B. I have a, a tough time saying hypnotherapy and hypnosis. I've noticed that. I'm going to say it a hundred times to make sure that I knock that out the park. But now for my conversation with Ashley B, it's a phenomenal conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it. Sitting down with Ashley B, who's a great uh, hypnotherapist and a tremendous voice on social media as well. You guys should definitely follow her. I discovered her in a Facebook chat that led me to her Instagram page that is filled with useful information. And she is a hypnotherapist. Wow, that's amazing. You don't see a lot of black hypnotherapists. Uh, how'd you get into this field? Yeah, great question. Thank you so much again for finding me and having me. I really appreciate you. I look forward to this conversation. So yeah, again, my name is Ashley Badgett. I'm a hypnotherapist. I got into it because I actually struggled with about two decades long battle with depression. And it, you know, I started when I was five, you think, how can a five-year-old be depressed? But it, you know, uh, my father passed away and I wasn't allowed to mourn. If I cried about it, I would get whoopings. I would be taught, you know, we look better without him because of military benefits. And if I was happy, I would be like told to grow up. If I was sad, I'd be like, you're ungrateful. So every emotion that I had from that moment on of my dad passing away was, was punished. And so I learned how to suppress my emotions. And uh, that turned into my teenage years into just rage. And, um, you know, just like not really knowing how to communicate and just wanting to smoke and party. And um, that evolved into uh, just pushing people away, fear of abandonment, fear of intimacy, because I didn't want people to see me be vulnerable. And uh, that led to me not knowing how to function in the workplace and just being bedridden, not really knowing how to function in society. And I was tired of that. And I did try, I wanted to heal because my family had a lot of, if we can get deep for a second, like my family had a lot of suicide and death and I didn't want to put my, even though we weren't really close, I didn't want to put my mom through losing another person by taking my own life. So I was like, you know, I, I tried therapy, I tried herbs, you know, healing herbs and, um, yoga and exercise and partying and being promiscuous and I tried journaling and spirituality and all these things that people try to be happier and they worked for a little bit they're invaluable but I would always find myself back in like a cyclical depression where I just like couldn't get out of bed I would quit my jobs because um you know I just like had social anxiety and things like that and I was just like what is going on I knew how to I knew I wanted to heal and I knew I had to work with my subconscious, but I really didn't know how because your subconscious holds so much of like what is keeping you stuck in life, right? 
And so randomly one day, my mom was cleaning out her basement and she found this self-help book and she's like, you know what? I'm not going to use this. Do you want it? And I was like, mm. I'll try anything. And it had a hypnosis. It was written by a hypnotherapist and it had a hypnosis CD. That's how long ago it was a CD that you could listen mm. to, to kind of hypnotize yourself to feel better or the, it would hypnotize you to feel better. And I did the questions in the workbook. I read it. It was inspiring. I put all the things into practice and it worked. I was, you know, when I committed to it, I was happier. I was more confident. I was letting go of traumas from my past. And it wasn't overnight because, you know, we can only do so much with the book, but it really started to reprogram my mind for happiness. I was more committed to my, my schoolwork and I found a job that I landed with a financial services firm without a degree because it's based on my and my newfound ambition, my newfound confidence. And I've turned my life around and um, I was more social, just overall happier. And I thought at some point I looked around in my life and it was a complete 180. And I thought, you know what? I hear so many people say, oh, I'm just unhappy and that's just how it is. Or I, I'm not confident and that's just how it is. And that's just my, my past is horrible and that's just life. And they were just, you know, accepting that. And I was through hypnotherapy, I was like, no, you can break free. You can live a new life, a newfound mindset, a newfound sense of self, a new identity and in a healthy way. And I wanted to be a hypnotherapist to help other people do the same. So you went to school for hypno. Is there like a school for this? Absolutely. Yeah, there's um, a, hypno, a hypnotherapy college in Pasadena, California, and I did their two-year program. And it was probably like 700 hours, including um, including clinical supervision from a certified hypnotherapist. Wow. So you are like, hey, uh, remember Jared, the hair club for men? Was it Jared? It was like, I'm not only the client, I'm the president. It's like, so back in the, you're like really a testament to that. It's like, hey, it worked on me, so I'm going to learn this and help others. That's amazing that that was your journey. Yeah. What was, was there like a deciding factor? So we know you had a depression and you read this book, it changed your life. What, was there like a deciding moment where it's like, you know what, I'm going to give this to others. What was that moment for you? The moment was actually while I was in my cubicle at the financial firm I was working in. And um, I don't know, I lived in St. Louis and I grew up there and I um, maybe, I'm not sure why, like if that has anything to do with it, but the moment I decided I wanted to be a hypnotherapist, I wrote down as I was sitting in that cubicle that I wanted to help the black community because growing up in the, there's just so much that we're holding onto that we just say, oh, I'm just gonna smoke weed or I'm just gonna pray it away or go to church. And we don't really talk about our issues and show that vulnerability. And um, I was just tired of seeing my family and friends and colleagues like carry so much, especially being um, a minority in a corporate work environment and feeling that sense of going in that anxiety from white, co uh, triggered by white coworkers, like you have to be, on one, you have to be like, bring your A game 500% just to be seen as competent, you know? And that was really being in that field for the first time was really bugging me out and seeing how it affected my coworkers. And I thought I would, I think that's really what 
triggered not only that I wanted to help other people heal, but also specifically the Black community because we have such a unique set of uh, mental health concerns and really helping to bring this art form, this modality, healing modality to the, to the table. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. There are so many misconceptions that we just take and own. We were talking earlier about my misconceptions of what a man was based off hip hop, right? And we'll get into more of that later. But there's a lot of misconceptions about hypnotherapy and being hypnotized. Do you pull out a watch and go, you're getting sleepy? Like what, how does it actually work? Yeah, that's a great question. So hypnosis is actually a natural mental state. We all enter at least one to two times a day. And I'll give you some examples and then I'll tell you more. So for example, if you've ever driven for several miles or on a road trip and at some point you're like, dang, I don't even remember having driven this far. You know, you didn't remember the twists and turns. You're just kind of on autopilot. You know, um, so that is a form of trance or hypnosis, a hypnotic state where you're on autopilot, but you're like, because your subconscious took over driving, but you're also have tunnel vision at the same time, you know, or if you've ever read a book or if you've ever um, watched TV, a movie and you were so engaged in the plot and the story that you tune out what's going on around you. Or for instance, like right before you fall asleep and right before you wake up, you're not fully unconscious and you're not fully awake. You're kind of in this in-between state, okay? So, um, or if you've ever been on your phone or scrolling on your phone and someone's trying to get your attention and suddenly you wake up like, huh? Like, oh, you know, I didn't hear you. You're kind of, you're in an altered state of consciousness, a light trance. So we all have the ability to enter that state of mind. Hypnosis just guides you into that state so that your your subconscious is more, um, your conscious mind, that busy brain is quieter and your subconscious mind is more receptive to making positive changes. We um, guide you into hypnosis basically through um, really through the use of visual and verbal cues. I don't want to give too much away because when you are in the session, that sense of um, mystery does help guide people into hypnosis a little easier. But yeah, it's you're basically just helping the client, like someone is listening to a guided meditation, you guide them with with the use of like repetitive language into it. So for instance, um, when you're listening to a song, a lot of the songs have a lot of repetitive words or phrases, Yeah. right? And like especially the chorus and that's because the mind is it gets relaxed when it hears the same thing over and over and over again so i might just say to help you get into that hypnotic state one of the things i may do is saying you're feeling very very relaxed very very calm you have a slight sense of calm over you you know you may notice that your legs are more relaxed heavier light you can decide but so light so light light as a feather and that lightness is guiding you into calm relaxed state like kind of just using words that trigger calm and relaxation but in a repetitive way so that's one tool we use to get you there okay i was watching one of my favorite movies which is office space and 
and he gets hypnotized and right in the middle of it, the hypnotist dies and everyone forgets that part of the movie. Um, and so he's hypnotized throughout the movie. He's like, I am great. I am refreshed. I get it. And he goes on to like become like a manager of this company and also robs them, neither here nor there. But that's kind of what gives people a little bit of fear about hypnotism. But you're saying it's it's fine. Yes. It is just simple conversation and you sort of can um, become better. Now, how would you pick a hypnotherapist? Because people don't want just anybody, quote unquote, playing in their head or guiding them somewhere. So is there like a like a HIPAA law for, for hypnotherapists? Is it like a, a governing body that sort of says, hey, you guys operate under these rules? I love that question. No, I, I, no podcast interviewer has ever asked me that. So I always encourage people to do two things when they're looking for a hypnotherapist. One, trust your instincts, because just like there are shady doctors, shady dentists, shady massage therapists, and people that aren't very, you know, reputable, even from hairdressers to, you know, uh, giving you a facial. Hypnotherapists are the same way. You have to weed them out by looking at their content online, whether it's their social media, their website, and really get a sense of what kind of energy do you feel from this person? What kind of intentions do you feel like they have? Do you look at to see if what their qualifications? Like I said, my program was about two years, roughly 700 hours. And my program was governed by what was called um, the hypnotherapist union. There's a union that's based in the U.S. and Canada, and it's recognized. The school is accredited. It's recognized by, um, you know, the governing bodies of college of higher education in the United States, the federal government, but there are like weekend long programs where people go online and spend like eight hours learning how to be a hypnotherapist. And then they start promoting themselves that Mm, way, you know? And so it's like, you do have to be careful when it comes to who you're going to. So look at their credentials, trust their, um, see if you can, book a free consultation with them how are they what is you know what kind of rapport are they trying to build with you do they have reviews just like you would look at reviews on amazon or yelp for a restaurant looking to see what kind of testimonials they have and um just do your research but always trust your gut if you don't feel comfortable with them don't work with them there's so many that are um out there and the hypnosis school that I went to hypnosis.edu they have they've been around for like 50 something years and they actually have a um directory where you can look up based on city state country language modality if you want to work with anxieties quit smoking whatever you can kind of filter that based on what you're looking for yeah one of your videos I noticed you posted, and, and again, this is one of the reasons that sort of drew me to you, where you talked about uh, helping black men through their rage. And there's a many reasons why black men are angry, valid reasons why black men are angry, but there's better ways to deal with it, especially with the Will Smith thing. He's walked up on stage and smacked somebody, right? That's rage. That's, that's, that's a problem. It's not the problem, right? Right. Yeah. So 
how can a hypnotist help someone with their anger issues? And, and do, how do you find where those anger issues live inside a, inside a person's brain? Yeah, so hypnotherapy helps because it works with your subconscious mind. And your subconscious rules up to 95% of your habits, your behavior, it, it, it hold, it's motivated by your past experiences and, it, and your beliefs about yourself and the world that you've gathered every moment that you're alive, right? And mostly, fundamentally, those formative years in childhood, it's like some things that you may have long forgotten that are causing you to be angry and upset and suppress your emotions. Um, and so what hypnosis does studies show that when you're in hypnosis, the part of your brain that kind of blocks information that is called the critical part of your mind where um, you're critical about information coming in. So for instance, if you are a, a procrastinator and you say today I'm going to be productive or someone says it's easy to be productive, that critical part of your mind, that voice says, oh, just watch one more YouTube video. Just watch Netflix for a little while. It's not a big deal. Or it's, you're, you can be productive tomorrow. The, those little voices that we hear, no matter what we're trying to accomplish, you know, that part of your mind is dialed down or quieter in hypnosis. And that's what we see through like brain imaging. Um, but the part of your mind that's responsible for automatic behavior, subconscious uh, routine habits, things like that is more amplified and more receptive during the hypnotic state. So, and that's basically associated with your subconscious. So um, your mind is just more receptive to making change. There's something called neuroplasticity where you're, it's found that your mind is actually more plastic than it is like wood or solid where you can't change. You can change your, your, um, your beliefs. It's called yeah. neurons, right? So every time you have a thought process or a, um, a habit and, or, or you're triggered by something, neurons are firing. And the more that you think about it, the more that you complete that habit, those neurons are creating literally a pathway in your mind. And it's just a deeper groove. And that's why it's so easy to say, oh, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to procrastinate today. But then that neural pathway is already so strong that you've been procrastinating for so long yeah. that you're just going to fall back into that routine, fall back into that habit, fall back into that belief that you can just do it later, do it later, do it tomorrow, whatever, right? But when you're in hypnosis, it helps weaken those neural pathways and starts to build new ones for more productivity, more um, confidence, whatever you're trying to accomplish, we can help you build um, neural pathways through hypnosis um, because your mind is just more receptive in that state. So I know that was more technical than people like to get, but I like to give the science behind it and not just tell people, oh, it's, it's magic. Just try it. You know, it's woo-woo, whatever. Um, <laughs> that but makes that's perfect how, sense. Yeah. And it's really exciting to see people make really great change in such a short period of time. So how all that relates to anger and the Black men and, and, and in America specifically is a lot of Black men, when they're 
from the time they're very young. And they start to show, the moment they start to show emotion or vulnerability, like if they fall down and scrape their knee or they're bullied or something happens, so a caregiver, a parent, someone is coming to them, just be a man, just be a man. Don't cry, big boys don't cry, men don't cry. And, or maybe their family didn't tell them that, but their peers did. And so they're getting picked on or whoever, or hip hop is telling them, or the, the only people they see on TV that look like them are gangster thugs or whatever. So they're, they're learning from a very young age to suppress their emotions. Their emotions are not validated. And where is that? That's in your subconscious. And that's going to motivate you to feel, to believe that if you show emotions that you're, you are not going to be valued, that you are not going to be seen as a man when really you're a human and you're born with this a magnificent array of human emotions that you can express, but if you can't express them, that turns into rage, that turns into trapped emotion, that turns into you not living authentically. And so with him, if you are open to, if you're seeing how that is harming your life and having a negative impact on your well-being and your mental health in your life, you can use something like hypnosis or hypnotherapy to help weaken those neural pathways those old beliefs that showing emotion is bad, living authentically is bad, and build new ones that it's, you can allow yourself, give yourself permission to express yourself and really just like, you know, start to express those things that you've yeah. been suppressing so that you can just feel clear, less brain fog, happier, yeah. and more expressive, more human. Yeah. No, I love that. I read this book called Code to the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakahani. And he talks about reprogramming your mind as well, because we learn so many things that just are not true or are outdated and no longer fit our model, but we still hold on to them. And he, he doesn't use hypnotherapy, but he just goes, you can just change the way you think. Like you, can, yeah. you don't have to just, I was taught this way. There was actually this story about this guy whose sister was making, whose mother made pot roast. And when she made the pot roast, she cut off the edges of the meat. So when her sister made pot roast, she cut off the edges of her the meat. So he was looking at them making Christmas dinner. He was like, why did you do that? He goes, I don't know. Mommy did it. He asked his mother, he's like, why do you do that? He's like, I don't know. Mommy did it. So his, his grandmother. So he's like, you can ask grandma. She'll be here later. So when grandma came, she was like, grandma, why did you cut off? the edges of the pot roast. She goes, child, my pot was too small. So we do these things and hold on to these things that are causing us pain and discomfort and destroying us when we can just change them. And hypnotherapy is one way we can do it. I'm sure there's other ways as well. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that. So now, is hypnotherapy a one and done thing or is it a thing that you sort of have to keep continue to go to like like regular therapy? Well, it's definitely not like regular therapy. I don't knock regular therapy, but I always tell people I have the worst business model on the planet because most of my clients see results in one to two sessions. Like my goal is to get you, I know that I honor that everyone is time poor. Everyone's got a job, a side hustle, a family, goals. They're, they're not really trying to have to go to therapy all the time, right? And so I'm, my goal is to really just to listen to where you are and where you want to be and get you those results in the shortest time possible 
So my clients really see results in one to two sessions, but I've been, my hypnotherapy journey has been like over 10 years. There's always, you're never done healing. As long as you're on this planet, you're, you're going to want to grow in some form of fashion. If you're not growing, you're dead. So there's always something I'm discovering, like, dang, I'm still triggered by this from my childhood or this. So I can use self-hypnosis or go to my hypnotherapist to help work through that. So if there's a, but generally if they're coming to me for one specific thing, one and two sessions, but you can always go back if you notice something else that you want to work, work on or improve on. Nice. Nice. I love that. Uh, we're running out of time, uh, but this was such a great conversation um, and I don't want it to like cut us off in the middle of it. So I'll have to have you back on my podcast again, but I want to let everyone know where they can find you at. Yeah. So you can find me at my website at ashleyb.com, A-S-H-L-E-E-B as in boy.com or at Ashley B Hypnotherapy on Instagram. And if you are um, I'll send you a promo code if they want to work with me for 20% off just for listening to your podcast today. Awesome. That'd be great. They would, they, I'm sure they would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for coming on Mind Bodega. We appreciate you. And I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about more issues about hypnotherapy as well. So looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. So look, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode of Mind Bodega. We have new episodes every Tuesday. And look, I want to do something called the penny theory there's this old theory that if you have a penny and you double it every day before 30 days you'll have a million dollars actually about five million dollars so what i'd like for you guys to do is just share this podcast with one friend if you listen to this podcast this long you liked what you heard so do me a favor share it with one friend and if that friend listens and likes it and shares it with another friend, at the end of 30 days, we'll have about 5 million listeners. So I hope you can do me that favor. Thank you very much. And also, if you want, follow me on Mind Bodega. Take care. See you later. Peace. <laughs>